Big story out of uh, out of the news yesterday. A Qantas flight landed safely, and that's the important thing, at Sydney Airport after a Mayday alert was issued on approach. 145 passengers on board. They managed to disembark normally. QF144 reported an issue with one of its engines over the Tasman Sea after it departed Auckland on Wednesday afternoon. You could see what looked like some damage to the uh, in, the encasing of the uh, of the the engine when it was on the tarmac. Uh, that was over all the news services last night. Uh, the good news is it ended well, but what's it like in the cockpit when you discover that one of your engines is out? Mark Hoffmeyer spent plenty of time piloting uh, planes for Qantas. He's also the uh, head of the Australian International Pilots Association. Mark, good morning to you, mate. Good morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, we're good, thanks, Mark. We're probably uh, a little bit more relaxed than the passengers and the crew were on this flight yesterday out of uh, out of Auckland. So describe what what actually happens when something like this occurs during a flight. What 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 are the next steps for the pilots in these situations? Yeah, look, it's a good question, Pebo. Um, so basically, the first thing to remember is that um, when you're up at, say, 38,000 feet, where I think they were to start with, the air is very thin, so you're cruising along on both engines, and that's all fine. If if you suffer an engine problem, and as I said, we're not exactly sure what happened in this case, but clearly, for whatever reason, they decided to shut it down, basically the aircraft can't, can no longer stay at that altitude. So what you then need to do is descend to a lower altitude. So I understand in this case they descended to 20,000 feet, at that altitude, you can then maintain that altitude and you can maintain speed. Um, we have a saying in the game, it's aviate, navigate, communicate. So basically, fly the jet to start with um, and then basically get it into a safe spot um, and then start thinking about your options. So, uh, look, I think the main thing out of this, is, as Will alluded to earlier, um, these guys made or these pilots made uh, difficult look easy and uh, it was a great result in the end to get on the ground safely. So... What are the risks of that point? Presumably, I don't know, do you get a red blinker light that says there's an engine out or something or other, or does something speak to you? Um, or do you just observe it by the way that the, the, the plane's handling? And at that point, what are the things you're concerned about? Yeah, look, so it depends on the nature of the, of the issue. So it can be anything from what we call a flame-out, where literally the, the fuel stops flowing through the engine, so it's no longer lit. Um, you can have um, severe damage, which, look, as I said, it's difficult to speculate on this one, sure. but it's probably more likely it might be a severe damage. So basically something internally in the engine is no longer working or a fire. So it wasn't a fire in this case. So basically what you'll see to start with is the aircraft will start to yaw. So yaw is a term where basically the nose will start to drift in one or the other direction because basically you've got what we now call asymmetric thrust. So basically the, the thrust of the two engines is no longer in balance. So basically then the aircraft starts to yaw. So then your job is to initially control it, um, recognise the problem, work out what's going on, and then, as I said, because the aircraft can't then hold that altitude and speed, your first job is to then get it to a lower altitude, which is, I suspect, why they probably call it a mayday call initially, just so that they basically clear the airspace below them so they can then drift down to that lower altitude um, and then they can reassess it. So, look, it's not... It's Look, it, it definitely gets your attention, but what I guess I would say <laughs> is that, um, you know, if, you, if you're uh, just sort of looking out the window, you, yeah, you definitely... Uh, yeah, it gets your attention, but... And this is the thing, you know, our pilots are well-trained, um, you know, they, they're, they're really clear on what they need to do. Um, it's a bit like Eddie Bitt's guys in the pocket, you know, keep slotting those goals, making it look easy. <laughs> we, we, we know that comes because of all the practice and hard work he's done. And the same thing with our pilots. Mm. They work hard, they're professional, they're committed to safety, um, which means that when you get, a, you know, a, an issue like this, it's handled really well. Well, I, I, I must admit, though, Mark, I'm still struggling to comprehend the idea of 
descending from 36,000 to 20,000 feet. Like how, how fast is that descent and how perceptible is it when you're on the plane? Uh, well, that's the thing. It's, it's not that. It's, it prov- you basically drift back to what's called the minimum drag speed, which which might take sort of 30 seconds or so, and then you basically put it into a gentle descent. So it's like a cruise descent. So realistically, it's probably not um, the, po- the passengers, you know, if they're watching their movie, they probably wouldn't even notice it. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's important to realise a lot of people, when you say potentially have a pressurisation problem, so the air conditioning and the air in the cabin, um, fails, in that case we need to do what's called an emergency descent because we need to get you down to a lower altitude much more quickly. But in this case it's what we would probably refer to as like a drift down. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a different sort of descent. But as I said, it's still the fact it was handled really well um, and as I said, they, they made the difficult look easy and I applaud both of them. Yeah, absolutely. And and as as the pilot, as the controlling pilot, and you know, you guys are famous for the sort of uh, coolness uh, which you bring to your uh, in-cabin uh, announcements. Do you tell the passengers what's happening or do you just deal with it quietly and hope that, you know, everyone stays relaxed? Um, look, it would depend on the situation. As I said before, the old, that acronym of Aviate, Navigate, Communicate. So, mm. you know, that's, that's sort of the, the secondary thing that we need to focus on. It, as I said, it would depend on the situation. I mean, if, if an engine goes kaboom, obviously, you know, and, pilot, and the uh, passengers can see it out the window, well, that's that's something that you might need to address a bit more quickly. But, look, the pilots would have made a, a risk assessment as to what they needed to do. And, um, and and as I said, it's probably a bit bespoke for each individual situation. Mm. Mark, I think last time we spoke, it was about the, this concept that um, the airline industry could get by with one pilot instead of <laughs> two. Um, how much more difficult is a scenario like this to navigate if it was a sole pilot on board? Uh, it would be very difficult. I mean, what's interesting is... Uh, the 737 actually on one engine can't auto land. So the, the landing you saw yesterday and all the TVs, that was a manual landing. Um, so, you know, you still then need a second pilot to do the communication. Um, and, you know, you need to work together as a team. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, that, that notion that, uh, of one pilot that, that you know, that, it's funny, isn't it? An engine failing doesn't send shivers up my spine, but not having someone sitting next to me, that does. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we need to work together as a team. Um, you know, often you'll break off and, you know, one will be flying the jet, one will be managing the problem, and you'll work together to communicate to people. There's a real team aspect to it. Um, and, and the funny thing as well is it's, it's how the junior pilots, you know, the reason we've got such a rich history of excellence in the airline is because the junior pilots learn from the senior pilots. So the thing is, you take away that pilot, I'm not quite sure how we continue that. So I think, and the, the good thing is, I think you guys and all of your listeners wouldn't get on that plane. I wouldn't put my family on that plane, I can tell you, if it only had one pilot. Um, so I think that hopefully it's it's a very, really long way off before anyone actually thinks about it for real. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Good on you, Mark. We always love catching up with you, mate. Mark Hoffmeyer uh, from the Australian and International Pilots Association. Uh, great chatting to you, mate. Thank you. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.